0: Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com.
1: The views and opinions of this show are directly those of the hosts and its guests. It does not reflect the opinions of its affiliates or its sponsors.
0: Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views. And it seems as if neither of
2: them can ever agree on anything. So what happens... When a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view, (laughs) something epic. This this
0: is Paratroopers.
1: What's going on ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin.
0: And I'm Eric.
1: And tonight we've got another down the rabbit hole, Uh, but we're kind of doing something a little bit different. Uh, Kind of more like a, would you call it a year in review, Eric?
0: Yeah, I think that's a good title for it, I guess.
1: So um, before we get going, uh, I hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas. We're actually recording this just before Christmas because otherwise it wouldn't drop before New Year's. So um, I hope you guys had a very Merry Christmas and are about to have a very Happy New Year. Um, Hopefully 2022 is going to be a different kind of year than the past two years so far. Mm. So Eric, um, before we get going with the couple of clips that we've gotten stuff, um, looking back through 2021, all the episodes we've done, um, I, I know we got these few clips from ones that we absolutely couldn't say no to, to listening to a couple clips from, but there, are there any others that stick out in your mind that, uh, that you really enjoyed doing?
0: Um, I mean, I, I think I really enjoy all of the episodes that we, that we do. Uh, You know, one thing that's kind of funny is I did when I was going through this past year, I happened to cross, <clears throat> I went like all the way back to last new year episode. And so last new year's episode is so much different than this year's because last year we were like in the thick of the whole COVID thing. And so that's what a lot of the show was about. Uh, so it's kind of, <laughs> interesting to see uh what has changed over the last which isn't incredibly much but right it's enough to see a a significant change uh between last year and this year i I think a lot of the episodes that we did especially especially the ones that we like did ourselves we, we kind of went a little deeper uh the series that we did on the what is it the the uh myths and mysteries of the seas or of the high seas or something like that whatever it was uh i really enjoyed that series it was something that we haven't done before uh not quite to that extent Uh, as usual we've you know talked about a cryptid here or there uh that would be in the ocean but taking a series like that And expanding it and diving deeper into some of these mysteries that are unknown or less known, I guess, compared to things like Nessie or Megalodon, uh, I think was really cool. And I think a lot of our listeners uh, really appreciated those episodes as well, because that's something that I think a lot of the paranormal doesn't touch on. Uh, We're always looking at cryptids on land and uh, ghosts and things like that, but we don't really dive into the history of the seas. uh, And there's so much mystery surrounding the seven seas, you know? So I think that was a really fun one to do for myself.
1: Yeah. I, uh, um, I was looking through and I was kind of like you, I, I, I think they're all, they were all really good this year. Uh, there's none that I can really pinpoint that I would say, uh, were bad in any way. Um, but the one that I, I really liked doing, uh, we're going to be playing a clip for, was with Miss Aida. That that mm-hmm. by far was one of my favorite episodes. Um, so we'll we'll get into those clips in the in a few minutes, um, folks. But uh, I think we're going to start out for the clips. Uh, we did an episode uh, called uh, "Nos Nosferatu."
0: What was the full title, Eric? uh nusrat to original original fair to stylish hair i think it was yeah i think that's
1: right um so we're going to listen to two separate clips on that uh one is something eric brought up on there that i had never really heard about and the other one is uh just kind of recapping on some of the legend um so i'm going to play the first clip and um this will be eric explaining one myth of the vampire uh
0: the other thing which is a little less known but it's still part of some uh folklore is placing a thorned rose on top of the casket uh before it's closed up by the dirt uh the it's believed i guess that the rose is kind of a pure uh aspect or something so i don't know what it does exactly but uh the rose somehow prevents the vampire from uh, rising from the grave and getting out of the casket uh, uh, for some reason. Don't know.
1: Now, had you ever heard of that before, before we did that
0: episode? uh, Only in television. Um, there is a show or a movie uh, called. Hmm. I can't remember what it's called. It, <laughs> it's an old, you would know it, you've seen it. It's like this. Uh, let me explain it. It's a group of kids who are playing a video game, and this video game is based on the legend of Elizabeth Bathory. And if you die in the video game, you end up dying the same way in real life. And so Rose has played a really big part in it. And she was Considered a vampiric uh, creature In the game as well as obviously in real Life and history Uh, and that's so That's the first place that I Mm -hmm. noticed At the Rose and so when I started doing research On Nosferatu and the idea uh, Behind vampires and the Original vampires I did start coming Across little sections that said uh, Just a a light mention Of roses being placed on the grave as a sign Of purity to help lock The creatures uh, In their caskets Now There are a number of different ways, um, that the Rose supposedly does this. Uh, one suspicion is that their, their, their thorns are somehow a symbolic nature in terms of, uh, pinning them to the ground. And also that if they were to try to get out, they would just prick themselves uh, like crazy on these thorns. And that would be problematic. There's also some sort of weird belief that the scent of a rose is supposed to keep vampires at bay. Uh, For some reason, again, that kind of goes along the lines of like garlic, you know, being this Mm -hmm. scent that for some reason, vampires hate don't really know why I never came across any true uh, evidence that supports this whole idea of garlic. Um, or why a bloodthirsty creature would be scared of a vegetable of all things? I think garlic's a vegetable. I don't even know. <laughs>
1: Eric giving false uh, information already. We haven't even gotten halfway through the show. What do you mean?
0: I don't. That's that doesn't even count. What is? Can you tell me off the top of your
1: head what a, what garlic is? No, but I'm not going to claim to know like you just did. <laughs> hey, I
0: said I think it's a. Okay, fine. I will look at. What is garlic? I'm going to get a stupid answer. It's a plant. Okay. Ah, here we go. It's a vegetable. Boom. See? Sometimes (laughs) I say things that are correct, even if I don't know the answer.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, truthfully speaking, I don't prefer getting close to people that have ate garlic. So a vampire probably wouldn't. Fair Um, enough. One thing kind of to that is depending on what you believe vampirism is, uh, garlic is also a, um, not an antibiotic, but a... uh, um full of antioxidants. antioxidants. A what? Oh. Okay. Antioxidants. antioxidants. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Um, so it might be a fear that it'll cure them of this disorder, maybe. i I I'm completely speculating well, uh, right now. I mean, I, no I guess idea. it
0: depends on what exactly the disorder. Um you know, there th- th- there are claims that a, a human can become a vampire if bitten or through some sort of curse or something like that. Uh, but there's also a lot of claim, especially in the old legends that the vampire is just that it's a creature of the devil uh, formed by the devil and placed on earth. Uh, so I don't know if there would be a cure for a creature that's already a monster uh, who in all, you know, all considering isn't human by any means, but right. I guess right. it just depends on which legend we're following.
1: Right. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It is this something is there more to this vampirism than just walking dead, you know. Right. And we we talked about that in that episode about about people possibly being vampires. Um but uh, I'll play the second clip here um and again, this is just kind of a recap of of some of the legends. So, believe it or not, there really are vampires in the world. They're not what you think. Uh, Although modern science has silenced the vampire fears of the past, people who call themselves vampires do exist. They're normal-seeming people who drink small amounts of blood in a perhaps misguided effort to stay healthy. Uh, Communities of self-identified vampires can be found on the Internet and in cities and towns around the world. To avoid rekindling vampire superstitions, most modern vampires keep to themselves and typically conduct their feeding rituals, uh, which include drinking the blood of willing donors in private. Some vampires don't ingest human blood, but claim to feed off of the energy of others. And we've talked about that here on Parachute Radio as well as on Night Stalker's Psychic Vampires. Uh, Many state that if they don't feed regularly, <clears throat> they become agitated or depressed. Uh, it's, to me, just sounds like a, a drug addict or, or uh, somebody who is an alcoholic uh, Go going through withdrawals. So vampires became mainstream after Dracula was published. Um, <clears throat> since then, Count Dracula's legendary persona has been the topic of many films, books, and television shows. Given the fascination people have with all things horror, vampires, real or imagined, are likely to continue to inhabit the earth for years to come. But we were talking about the the human aspect to vampirism because there are people that consume human blood, even if it's in small amounts. Um, and there are a lot of side effects to doing that. Um, and me personally, I would not want to consume human blood. But there are diseases where people have to take um, – it's not human blood, but it's like heme in, in a pill form because mm-hmm. they they can't keep heme in their system or, or there's a deficiency. So, um, And there has been speculation – for a very long time that that's possibi- a, a possibility of what was going on. Well, is people had this deficiency, so they would take a small p- amount of human blood in order to correct that deficiency. Um, so before we go on to the next clip, uh, the, one of the episodes I thought was was really fascinating. Um, I should have grabbed clips on it, but there was just so much information in that episode. Was the elevator elevator game episode? Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, um,
1: and, and so to this day, Elisa Lam's murder still has
0: not been solved. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Which there's is, there's uh, absolutely it's basically a cold case you know they they opened it up i think a second time and it still led nowhere and so now it's just put on the shelf uh hopefully something comes through if you watch the documentary for those of you who did watch it this past year i think it was on netflix uh don't quote me on that <clears throat> don't quote me on that but here's who had uh who's basically interviewed during that documentary. And it was suspicious enough where if I was a detective watching that interview, who also had happened to work on that case, I would have reopened the case and gone back to question some of these people because they were acting extremely weird and even careless uh, in terms of the things happening at the hotel, Uh, not just with Elisa Lam, but just with people there in general, the amount of deaths that have happened in that hotel are just astronomical Uh, so much so that even of course the ghost adventures have gone there. It's considered one of the most haunted places in LA. uh, And it's a a very dangerous area of LA at at that uh, on top of it. So uh, you've had serial killers that have been there. You've had suicides that were there, drug overdoses, gangs, you know, all kinds of stuff happening. And yet the management uh, just seemed to be very careless as to what was happening or why just, almost started she, she laughed multiple times at her own comments regarding some of the situations which i just thought was very suspicious and weird uh and one of the comments that she made and i apologize i i don't know her name offhand but she was the manager or is the manager uh in this building um but she had mentioned that there when they found the body of elisa lamb Uh, before she called the police, she ended up calling her mother first and stating that it's going to be a very rough day, uh, which was a suspicious comment to make and probably a suspicious thing to do. Why would you not call the police first uh, in in a situation like that? And my only thought is it's going to be a rough day because she may get caught with the murder of Elisa lamb. And it didn't happen for one reason or another, I don't know the full details behind the, the investigation as they haven't released all those details, but it's still a very suspicious and weird thing. But uh, other than, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a cold case right now. Nobody knows what exactly happened. There's suspicion that of course she was on drugs and she fell into to this uh, water tower. Uh, there is obviously suspicion. She was murdered and thrown in. There's no evidence to support a murder. Uh, the fact that the body was, in this water tank for as long as it was weeks uh, that we know of. There was no evidence left behind uh, to, to, to help close the case. And then of course, there's this whole idea of the haunting and that's where the elevator game came in. And because there's a video of her through security camera within the elevator itself and only within the elevator, there are no security cams outside the elevator for some reason uh, where she was pushing a bunch of buttons and she was acting really weird. And it looked as if she was talking to somebody outside the elevator and that was the last video evidence of her before disappearing. Uh so yeah, a weird thing, the elevator game is really creepy. I know like many people have gone and tried to to play the game. Uh I know if you'd watched the Ghost Adventures version, Zach tried to play the game as well. Uh nothing really seemed to come of it, but nonetheless, it's a creepy story. Yeah.
1: And well, and the elevator game even Isn't even linked to that specific hotel. You can go into any hotel or uh, large building, right? Yes. So that was, yeah, it's one of those things that um, I I think both Eric and I would discourage on Paratruth Radio. You know, two two of the biggest things is don't use the Ouija board. And don't use, uh, or don't play the the games that are going to, like, summon something to you or place you in a realm that is kind of like hell, um, right, because both are are unsafe and I I wouldn't want people to be uh, going insane because of that,
0: right. I I think the thing <clears throat> when it comes to doors and and you know we actually had an episode this year actually, uh, called Wait Don't Open That Door that was actually published yep. in published on April 19th. Um, And one of the things that's important to note is that it is very, very easy to open the door. Mm -hmm. It is also relatively simple to close a door. The thing that is very difficult is to put whatever came out of that door back in the door. And that's where the problem lies. So, you know, those are the type of things that you have to be considerate of And, and note that when you open a door, the things that come out don't always manifest right there and then. It can take days, weeks, months to put it back in the door that it came out of because it's already been closed. Unless, of course, you left it open. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's, it's a dangerous thing. And I know you guys have heard it time and time again on this show and I'm sure on other paranormal shows as well. And I think what's really funny about this, not funny in a, uh, I guess, not so funny way, <laughs> in a serious way, uh, is that there are so many more podcasts so many more hosts and investigators who are coming forward and saying hey don't open the door and here's why you know in the past when we first started this back in 2008 uh, well first started podcasting I mean in 2008 uh, everybody was opening doors ourselves included we we're going in provoking it was a big thing it was a fun thing right. to do It was exciting we we're letting things in and you know so on and so forth but that has all changed so much over the last 14 years. And I think the main reason is because paranormal investigators have begun to realize that there are dangerous things in the spiritual realm. Uh, And that doesn't mean that they're demonic or even evil, but that can still be dangerous. Even good spirits in a sense can be dangerous in multiple ways. For example, if a loved one uh, did come through and you start to focus on that person and you start to miss them more and you get depressed and you end up in this mental state uh, where just, the world is kind of falling apart around you. You know, that's the type of things we're also talking about. So, right. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, there are, there are people that would say that the Ouija board is a tool and they're right. Um, But at the same time, there are so many people, I I mean, Hasbro for Pete's sake is selling it as a toy, not a tool, a Mm -hmm. toy. Um, And they don't teach you what you need to do to, protect yourself if you do open that door and what you need to do to close that door and protect yourself after you've done all of that.
0: Right. Well, and I think the the main issue here is that there's a difference between those of us who believe in the afterlife uh, or the spiritual realm and those selling the toys who do maybe do not or simply don't care. Uh, you know, it And that's really the difference. These people selling the toys just think it's, you know, a good, fun time. It's a game. That's all it is. Um, But when you start to do the history on something like the Ouija board and you start to see the evidence that stacks up uh, in terms of the dangers behind it, then you have to start questioning it. And that's what I think a lot of us in the paranormal community are starting to do. Right.
1: All right. Next clip. Uh i Since we've been talking about vampires, uh, we had the opportunity to talk to a relative of Bram Stoker. Uh, Her name is Shauna Stoker, and she was on the episode, What It Is to Be a Witch. And she was just like super fascinating, uh, entrepreneur, uh, built it on her own without relying on the name Stoker to build upon that so um we're gonna play a clip talk a little bit about that interview and then uh, we'll keep going here i had found you on TikTok, and you your video that caught me was i i'm a descendant of bram stoker and i know that the the ghoulish garb kind of plays into you know being in that spooky uh family type setting sort of um so how, how far down the line descendant are you from Bram Stoker?
3: So Bram actually didn't have any direct descendants with the name of Stoker because he only had a daughter. Um, so, of course, the name didn't move on with her. I do believe from our research that we are related, my family specifically, is related to his uncle d- directly. Um, okay. So, yeah, so his first uncle directly. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what we've done. We've we've we've. Traced our personal like Stoker line all the way back to Ireland. I can't remember the name of the town right now, but it's near where Brom, um grew up. And it was back in 1597, I think, was the the farthest back that oh, we wow. found so far. Um, and we know that our clan of the Stokers went from a move from Ireland to Virginia. And we have evidence um, that, and letters that. Uh, brahm wrote while visiting family in virginia he actually even wrote part of dracula the novel while he was visiting in virginia um and so at after that point i don't remember when but it, it was probably i think the early 1900s that my personal family's little clan moved from virginia all the way down to washington county alabama
1: so what were your some of your remembering of, of that episode eric
0: yeah, I mean, I loved, loved this episode. It was one of my favorite ones, um, and it was our one of our October episodes, so that was right around Halloween. <clears throat> uh, you know, I, I think what's really cool about the discussion we had with her wasn't just uh, the stories of Bram, but it was actually the stories about her and how she was building this company, uh, The Ghoulish Garb. And for those of you who haven't checked it out, The Ghoulish Garb, uh, I think it's .com. Yeah, golishgarb.com. Uh, she has some really interesting takes on some of these horrific or paranormal-esque or witchy things. And a lot of it is art, clothing, things like that. She has her own um, uh, tarot deck out, and they're coming out with the second one. One version is colored, the new one is going to be coming always black and white. Uh, and it's really cool. They even has some Christmas stuff up, uh, which is awesome. Uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's always fascinating to hear somebody who has been working really hard to start their own business and to have that success. And, and the fact that she purposely took the time to get make that success um, or to gain that success without the Stoker name backing her, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. And I found that really fascinating because it would have been, for a lot of people, the easy thing to do. To slap Stoker's name on there, and you know it would probably blow up right right, take off Uh, she didn't do that she wanted to do this for herself and I and I I certainly uh, respect that and and I think it's really cool that she went about went about it in that way Um, it was a really fun episode you know she's very lively so it was great talking to her and (laughs) over the years we've had a couple people come on and they're just very uh, dead in a way <laughs> uh, with two or three word answers and it's like okay how do we move forward um, but it's always nice to have uh, people on who are talkers and uh, who want to talk
1: yeah well uh, I mean not not just not talkers but try listening to a podcast where somebody's guest is very bland and, and has no emotion in their voice uh, we have had a couple like that throughout the years. I wouldn't say anything recently. Um, no, no, but
0: well, here's and this is the thing like, I there's various personalities, and I get that, you know, and right. I'm very for the most part, I'm pretty quiet. I know you guys don't believe that because I'm you and I are going. more
1: introverts than anything. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um,
0: but in reality, when I'm not on podcasting, uh, I'm very quiet unto myself. I. I am really a one word type of answer type of person. So I I just leave me alone. I like to be alone, but when you are coming on to a podcast, radio show, TV show, whatever um, to basically push the item that we have you on for it, for us, it's often books. Uh, It could be websites, could be movies. You know, we recently had, um, Uh, uh, somebody on for a documentary from Hometown Monsters. Seth Relove. Uh, He's the
1: starter, owner, whatever.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, when you're coming on to promote yourself and whatever it is we're having on with, it's probably important to have some enthusiasm about your product. But we have, over the years, had a few people come on who just don't seem to care. They're very quiet. Uh, They just very monotone, like, yeah, it's just something I did. <laughs> you know, aliens exist. And it's like I Eeyore know, it's the whole sure time, it's right? It's me. like we're talking to Eeyore. <laughs> but it, it, it's frustrating at times, which is why, thankfully, Justin and I have dealt with that a lot over the 14 years. Uh, we, we've been able to make sure we had things to keep the show going and keep our guests interested in talking so it's always a relief when someone gets on and they want to want to talk about whatever it is we're having them on for uh I've got this list of, of
1: episodes throughout the year now just because I didn't pick a whole lot of clips I, I didn't want to make this episode any longer than it needs to be um but uh the the one episode we did this was not too long ago in September. Um, we talked to uh, Preston Dennett about his book about UFO healing, um, mm-hmm. and it was something that we've never heard before, where people are claiming to be miraculously cured after mm-hmm. having a um, uh, an encounter. Yeah, uh, but an what's abduction? the abduction? Yeah, um, <laughs> my brain is fried for the week. Um, But I, th- I think there was even some that claimed just like seeing UFOs, they right. had been cured.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a very interesting topic and extremely new for us. Uh, whenever we've had someone on talking about UFOs or just in our own research, it's always been kind of a negative um, encounter. It, whether it had been uh, seeing certain shadows or a feeling of dread or the whole probing thing, you know, stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of a thing Eric's that only talk to bring up about. Pr- because right? it's a common thing. Okay. Um, you know, <laughs> probing doesn't have to be a certain area, you know, it could be <laughs> probing the arm to put the, uh, the computer chip in there that people claim to have have uh, found in x-rays and things like that. You know, the, the fact is, it's always a negative encounter. So yeah, talking to him and seeing that, or learning that there have been cases in which there have been positives and healings uh, is very interesting. And you have to question uh, what the reason behind that is. Is it a different alien race um, that is doing this? Is it the same, you know, is it the greys, but they're doing, you know, st- various tests on various subjects and some are negative and some are positive, you know, what is this? And I I think the main reason we haven't um, heard much about it until we talked to him is because there aren't many people coming forward to say that they've been healed, or at least there haven't been as many quote unquote test subjects for the extraterrestrials uh, to come forward and state that there have been healing from these encounters. Well, I'm sure it's, it's, a couple of different
1: things, but the, one of the other things too is, are there people like researchers getting these stories Mm -hmm. and then just sweeping them under the rug because it's maybe just a couple here and there and they want to know the more nitty gritty side of it. And they're, they're like, you know, healing, who cares? Did you get anally probed?
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I'm the one who brings up the probing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, never mind. you know, but you're right. And, and, you know, there, there's a, there's a fear factor when it comes to aliens, um, extraterrestrials, abductions, the first, second, third, and fourth kind, uh, you know, there are people in this world who love to be scared and those who explore the idea of extraterrestrials, uh, though fascinated by the idea, I think also have a sense of fear of it. And that's what draws them back time and time again. It's the fear of the unknown, the fear of this grotesque-looking creature that might come out of this shiny disc. Uh, the idea that they are so strong and capable of taking you and never bringing you back, or whatever. You know, it's it's fear factor. And I think a lot of these uh, authors and filmmakers who tap into this subject matter always play on the side of fear because it's going to draw more people in than the idea of the healing or the good that could happen uh, in some of these cases.
1: All right. So last clip we've got um, was from our episode with uh, Miss Aida. We had uh, titled it Cleaning with Hoodoo. She wrote a book called Hoodoo Cleansing and Protection Magic. Very fascinating lady. Um, Eric and I were kind of stunned at the end because it almost felt like she was in love with us because she brought up a couple of times about spells, about fall, making us fall in love with her and stuff like that. Uh, it was just a reference. We get that, but it was it was funny. Um, but there was a couple things that she had actually said on that episode uh, that I wanted to play for you guys because it was, a, it was very um, profound. So we're going to play the clip uh, right here. We will be right back after this clip.
4: Now, I wanted to correct one thing for you. You said voodoo hoodoo, right? Hoodoo is a folkloric magical practice, whereas voodoo is a magical religious practice, as is Santeria. So that's the difference between the two. However, they all derive their roots from Africa. So voodoo and santeria, you know, those are called um African traditional religions, whereas hoodoo is an African traditional African derivative tradition. So there's a little bit of why do you think
0: it is that like whenever we uh come into contact with negativity, we just kind of focus on that instead of trying to drive
4: ourselves away
0: from it or drive it away from us
4: because we don't know, we don't know what's happening. You know, we we get feelings like something's wrong, but we don't know what it is. Something doesn't feel right, but we don't know what it is. And we just stay and linger. And this, you know, this is part of what I teach people is how to recognize that.
1: So those were both very interesting. As a layman myself, um, we tend to bulk things in, into one basket. And when I had said voodoo, hoodoo, um, I I know she knows I didn't mean any offense by that, but you, you have to look at it as three separate things. And we tend to not do that as a society, especially here in the U S. Um, the other part of that was uh, Eric had brought up, you know, why do we go to these negative things? And she brought up a really good point there. Uh, we just don't know that we're doing it. And we talked about this with, um, oh gosh, she she was on the show recently. Of course, I didn't have it pulled up. Um, but she was a, a hoodoo practitioner too. Um, and she talked about, you know, um, how how we do these things unintentionally and in a way it, it creates a not a spell but a uh a... what's the word i'm looking for eric
0: um i don't know <laughs> like a... uh <laughs> it, it creates sure an intention
1: um uh, of of like negative stuff going out to, like for example i get cut off in traffic and i scream you son of a monkey's uncle um <laughs> that's what comes out of everybody's mind when i get cut off in traffic but you you're intentionally sending out negative energy is is right. basically what i'm saying
0: um, um and that was was that a was that Katrina that we were talking to for that yes yeah right um, uh, which was another great episode, by the way. That was that was recent. That was the one that was called uh, "How to Unscrew Yourself." Yeah, which is a very interesting title. Well, she had brought up that's what she originally wanted the title. It's a good book title. It's an interesting <laughs> title. It's a good title. I, I chuckle. <laughs> what what are your thoughts it. on that? On that clip? Um, I mean, I yeah, I mean, I, I'm right in the same line with you, and and I think you know bringing up that that idea behind. uh, Katrina's uh, viewpoint of that as well uh, is important because we so often um, we so often say or act uh, in certain ways um, that we don't mean to. You know, I, I think we say things or do things out of uh, frustration, out of anger uh, in the moment, and we don't realize what type of energy that really does send out and what that can ultimately do. Uh, you think of, for example, how many times maybe throughout your life that you encountered someone who is having a bad day and they treat you like crap, even just a moment in a grocery store or, or, you know, on the road or something like that. And it just kind of ruins your day for some reason. And it's not because of the things they said, it's most likely because the energy behind it, the intent um, that tends to affect us negatively. And we don't realize it. We think about it. Uh, and we, we, we try to deal with it, but it would be a lot easier if we just came home and washed it off. We cleansed ourselves of that energy. Uh, and that's the part that we don't realize, you know, energy is very clingy. It it sticks, you know, it's mucky, uh, whether good energy or bad energy It sticks, but the bad energy is really bad. Like (laughs) it really sticks. Right. Um, so we need to continually wash ourselves, uh, spiritually, metaphysically, Uh, you know, whatever, even literally, uh, I can't tell you how many times I've told a a friend of mine, like she's having a bad day and she's really just over it. Get in the shower, take a hot shower, wash it off, cleanse it away. You know, believe that because water is a pure form of energy. So that'll help cleanse uh, some of these things away. So, yeah, you know, I, I think it's really important to keep that in mind so that we ourselves aren't going out there and putting more negative energy into the world as well. Right.
1: All right. There's so many more episodes we did. Um, We might talk about about a a couple more things about this past year, but we are going to also be talking about things to look forward to for next year, 2022 for Paratruth Radio. But we're going to take a quick break. You'll hear Eric's random fact of the day, quick commercial, and we will be right back with Paratruth Radio.
3: Now, Eric's Random Fact of the Day
0: Did you know that people once ate arsenic to improve their skin? You've probably heard about how a lot of the Victorians' favorite cosmetics were riddled with arsenic But it gets worse According to RD.com, there were also products on the market in the late 19th century like Dr. James P. Campbell's safe arsenic complexion wafers that were meant to be eaten. They claimed to get rid of freckles, blackheads, and other facial disfigurements. <laughs> to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to EvergreenPodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Parachute Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we are doing a small year in review of 2021. Yeah, yeah, almost went too far back. <laughs> yeah, good catch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it just feels like it was 2020 again. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it just feels like 2020 happened twice. Uh, overall, I think it was a really good year, though. At least for the show, we had a lot of really interesting guests. We had some great shows, some great topics. We had some awesome interaction with our listeners. Uh, you know, it's really fun, and and I, there's some cool things that happened this year uh, on top of our guests we uh joined a new network uh evergreen mm-hmm. podcast with killer podcasts you know yep. it that's awesome that's something we've been trying to do for years and we got picked up by them uh we i changed my microphone finally got something decent for once <laughs> uh, and so we, we don't get that tin can sound right yeah <laughs> um it, it's small changes but important ones and to be fair uh,
1: that mic was like 13 years old since you yeah. got started. Yeah. It was,
0: <laughs> it was definitely an old microphone. <laughs> the fact that it lasted um,
1: as long as it did is amazing.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's sitting right here next to me, you know, I'm not going to get rid of it or anything right. like that. It's, you know, uh, but yeah, you know, we, we did a couple of investigations uh, up in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. We went to Sims, we went to Fargo, uh, you know, so that was a lot of fun. That was something we haven't done in a long time. Um, You know, I, yeah, it was really, when you think back on it, of all the downtime, like when I think back, I'm like, oh, this was such a boring year, a lot of downtimes. But in reality, there was a lot of positive things that happened and a lot of fun times too at at that. Uh, Yes, frustrating at times, um, and definitely uh, a little meticulous, you know, Uh, but nonetheless, uh, some good things.
2: Mm Mm-hmm
1: we also just recently added a mascot. We did truth radio.
0: Yep.
1: You guys got got to vote on that. And I completely, I completely forgot what, what his name was until just like a second ago. But it's the, the bunny that you guys saw on, on, uh, the website and on social medias, and his name is Count Jasper the Parahair, or Count Jasper Parahair. Just depends on what we decide to say that day. Uh, but it was fun to get people involved and vote on something. Uh, and the artwork was awesome. I I loved how it turned out for Count Jasper. Mm-hmm. Absolutely but we've got some new stuff coming up for paratruth radio. Uh, we will still be a part of evergreen podcasts via killerpodcast.com which I think we've been having a, a great time with that. Just seeing the different people coming on. Uh, we had Chris from the mad scientist podcast come on and talk about his show. Um, he, had invited us to come on theirs when they're, when they're back. So it, I, I think that, uh, you'll be seeing a lot more things coming around for Paratruth radio. Uh, definitely we'll start working on maybe getting some big names on Paratruth Um, you know, all, all the para celebs and all that good stuff. But, uh, next week, uh, we kick off the new year talking to Tony Evans, uh, we met him at Scarefest. That's something else that happened for 2021 for paratruth Radio. We got to go back to Scarefest uh, as as patrons, but I think next time we go, we are we are pushing to have a booth there. But uh, he'll be getting on to talk about um, Appalachian legends and, and creatures. He had several books out, uh, horror books out. Uh, based on that, uh, the the book I picked up is The 11th Plague and Other Tales of Satanic Terror. But very cool guy. I think we'll have fun with him. Um, we also will be having for January uh, Stephen Lancaster, uh, author of Norman and Norman 2. Um, I don't think we've done one in the past about... A haunted doll yet have we other than by ourselves
0: no yeah no uh just by ourselves
1: okay um and then we also will be having on um shelly i believe her last name is pronounced care and she wrote a book blast from the past healing spontaneous past life memories so looking forward to all that eric's working on a guest as well for January, um, but we're gonna keep pushing. Uh, we've been talking a lot with Lou Ellen as of late to get guests on, and they've always been great to us. So we'll be, mm-hmm. g- keep getting their authors on as well. Um, anything that you're thinking of, or you would like to see for 2022
0: for Parachute Radio? Uh, you know, I would like to see more collaborations. I think with other hosts uh, more regularly. I think. Uh, and not just not just host, but just like I, I feel like it'd be fun to do. And by what what I mean by collapse is instead of an interview style show, just more of a roundtable discussion with just one or two other people uh, beside us. You know, uh, right. something that's just kind of more relaxed, uh, but I think tends to spark more conversation. The problem with roundtables, though, and if you guys might have noticed in other shows, pod, uh, other yeah podcasts is they're very difficult to do unless you have somebody who's directing it from the very beginning. You have to have an uh, MC, yeah. Yeah, you know, because people always want to jump in on each other and cut each other off and stuff like that. So, you know, that's one thing I think we need to figure out. And I, I mean, we've done pretty good over the years. Uh, I think there's a couple of things we could change to to help benefit that type of show and make it really happen. So I hope we get a couple of those out. Um And then other than that you know i think i think it's just really looking forward to see what's going to happen uh ultimately with not just with the show but with us our our endeavors into the paranormal and stuff you know i do plan on going back to north dakota this spring uh that's a plan so if that happens that means you guys will be getting more uh shows on investigations because we are going to have some I almost said true investigations, but the ones we did were true, <laughs> But <laughs> you know, investigations that are in, uh, I guess greater haunted locations. Uh, I know there's mm-hmm. a couple places we want to get into and so that's something we're going to have to look for, look to, um, the last time I went out there was kind of like a last minute thing. So we didn't, right. didn't have the time to, to get into some of the estates and whatnot. Uh, mm-hmm. hopefully that changes this time around. And if so, we'll be able to bring you that and also do more video documentation so that maybe on one of these episodes, we could do like a YouTube version, you know, where, where we actually mm. post a video along with the podcast itself.
1: Right. And you've been working on some many documentaries where we did the the right. investigations. Um, mm-hmm. we did a investigation at, uh, Popelik road this year, which was another cool thing. Um, And we've got some paramixologies to get posted. (coughs) Uh, (coughs) Eric. (coughs) Um, But um, I think we'll be getting a couple more of those done as well. I I enjoy doing them. We've had people tell us they enjoy watching them. So um, we'll definitely be getting more of those up. Um, One place that I will try and get us into, if you're able to make it back out here, is the... Uh, former governor's mansion in, in mm-hmm. Bismarck because there's been reported a lot of activity out in that mansion. Um, and I know a a friend of mine who used to do paranormal investigating, no longer does, would probably love to join us and we could kind of have a small team with us and him and, and Shelly and it would be pretty cool. Um, Anything else you can think of? Um, that's coming up for Paratruth Radio
0: at all? No, no, I think that's pretty much it as of right now. At least that's yeah. Of our right everything you can know? change
1: <laughs> in the blink of an eye. But right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all right, folks. Well, um, that's pretty much all we got for you. As always, I will leave you guys with, uh all line Lang Syne. Uh, we do it every year and I love doing it just because it's a song that always uplifts me. Uh, this is from Dougie McLean um, on YouTube. But until next year, folks, where you'll find us same time, same channel. My name is
0: Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. <laughs>
5: Should all the acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should all the acquaintance be forgot and days of old landside for all? for all land signs we'll talk a cup all oh, kinds yet for days of old lands we twa here on a- Gowan's fine, but we've wandered many weary feet since days upon land side, and we twaddled in the barn fray morning sun till die. But see the great since days of old man's sight. my dear for all we'll tuck a cup all oh, kindness yet for all